you're strong, you can fly, you can reach the other side of the podcast. It's alright, sit and chill, there's an hour left to fill and we gotta go fast. That's what so makes sense. GHC, GHC, GH, say your nuts and drain no drinkers. GHC. It's a me, Nathan. Howdy, guys, gals, and nine boundary pals, and welcome to the GHZ, a podcast about Sonic the Hedgehog. On behalf of my three fellow co-hosts, as always, we are so happy you're here. Such a fucking! <laughs> I was gonna do that, and I was like, "No, because that'd be rubbish." Hi, it's me. Sorry, um, Toot Toot Sonic Joshua. I'm still a fan of you know, well, old Sonic, good Sonic, proper Sonic. Um, it's a fun little story for you. Uh, I got one of my friends to play Sonic recently. It's Sonic Mania of all things. She's 22, I think, and she had no fucking idea what she was doing. And uh, you know, it just kind of just opened my eyes a little bit. That and Frontiers, but we'll get to that anyway. Oh, yeah, this is Grant. And <laughs> I think that was the transition uh, to me, Grant, the third one to speak uh, and here to remind you to like, share, subscribe, you know, give us a positive rating, a five star rating on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a comment on YouTube. Come join the discord and hang out and chat. We're so happy when you do. We got a we got a nice vibrant discord going. So you should come and join the party. And speaking of party, here's Lee. I'm Lee, the podcast mascot, the party dude. I may remind you of... Donatello. No, he did machines. Oh, fuck. You fucked up big time. I'm I'm the mascot just like Mips, the popular mascot from the Mario series. Mm. Yeah, Mips. The little Mario Mario rabbit, the Mario 64 rabbit. Yeah, the little yellow rabbit hopping around just like I do on this podcast. I'm always known for my hopping around the castle. Mips, yes. Hard to catch that little yellow bastard. Yeah, but people, they're they're like, Mips, when, Mips for Smash Brothers, when, Sakurai, Sakurai, when's Mips in? You'll put Mips in, when's Mips in Smash Brothers? Mm -hmm. And Sakurai's like, no, no, it's true, it's true. That's why Sakurai's never making another Smash Brothers. Nintendo said, end the series, we're just overwhelmed with these Mips requests. Yeah. Anyway, I'm like that rabbit. So why are you guys all talking about Mario all the time? I thought it was a Sonic podcast. This is a Sonic podcast, and we've got uh, lots of Sonic stuff to talk about uh, today and other stuff to talk about. So let's introduce our friend and GHC and guest. Uh, you know him uh, from the Sam and Fuzzy comic. <gasps> our friend Sam Logan is with oh, us. Sam Logan. Hello. I am also here. We're glad to have you, man. And we've got a lot to catch up on because we took a little little summer hiatus yeah. so that uh, some of the hosts could take little vacations and get some R&R. And then in that time, yeah. Sonic Frontiers has appeared from out of the ether, from out of the 4chan leaks into the IGN world exclusive of seven minutes of gameplay oh, and a combat man. trailer. And now there's leaks from Summer Game Fest and there was an interview with Azuka. And we've got a bit more Frontiers to sink our teeth into and we uh we haven't addressed this on the podcast yet we we did talk no. about 
all of the leaks way, way, way back when in season one, when it was still called Sonic Rangers. But we haven't talked about Frontiers as it appears now, but now we will. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's weird that it's all coming true. Our worst it's nightmares. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's very strange. Those things were dead on. They were, man. Well, who who could have believed that Four Chan was right? Four <laughs> Chan gets it right yet again. It's just the worst part. It's just so fucked up that like this is the one time that we go away, we have our little break and stuff, and then loads of things happen. Before that, we were just like, I was just talk about, we're just staring out the window, just like I don't know, palm tree panic, like, you know. Um, <laughs> and then they were like, oh, yeah, that's cool. We'll take it. This is the perfect time. And then, well, it's all been kicking off, hasn't it? Really, yeah. Our, our Discord, right. uh, our dear listeners have been very excited. We've been um, <laughs> tempering their expectations because we're old and miserable. <laughs> um i was gonna say so all we've seen so far is yeah some footage of the open world gameplay and a bit of combat uh we haven't seen any of the linear action stages that supposedly exist in this game yet so far so still kind of early um a lot of mentions i think that this is probably a very early build of the game that we saw video from because it doesn't look very technically sleek i guess yet but i guess i wanted to ask y'all what your impressions of it are and how you feel about the game now that we've actually seen footage of it <laughs> no one wants to go first <laughs> sam why don't you why don't uh, you as the guest uh lead us off what was your yeah i'm gonna put you on the spot of what what's uh how are you feeling about frontiers at this oh, point i feel the way everyone else feels about it i agree with what you all said okay no um I mean, so it's kind of there's there's sort of two components to it. There's the like, how is it looking, which is rough, right? Like, mm. like, <laughs> and for what it is, it looks like it's uh, technically difficult. You know, like that there there are. It looks kind of unfinished. The you know, um, the the kind of like design of it, like that you have this open world environment, but that all of the like gameplay things that you do in it just sort of feel like they were thrown into the open world with like generic like boxes and grind rails and things like that uh but but beyond that i guess for me it's also just there's like the second question of even if it was good is it what you would want and it's not really super especially my bag so like <laughs> <laughs> very polite I'm, about I'm not, it i'm not opposed to the idea of like a more open world type sonic game but like aesthetically it's not my thing at all i i yeah uh it's not not really like visually what i'm looking for in a sonic game i know we've all kind of joked about how it looks so similar uh to pso2 new genesis and it really does <laughs> yeah. uh, mm-hmm. um i i think like you know it's cool but like i've always skewed more towards the more surreal uh looking sonic games and less to the more like photorealism uh steering ones so you know and the the kind of like getting away from the sort of like you know catchy like video gamey intense music that you would normally have in favor of the kind of like you know, Breath of the Wild style, like reduced soundtrack is also not super my bag either. Nah, man. My initial reaction to the footage was pretty negative and pretty disappointed. Uh, I think I, I'm starting now to come around to, I'm like talking myself into the idea, kind of like even just when the leaks first came out of like, 
it'll just be nice to have Sonic in an open space, which is something we have not had in 3D literally since the adventure fields in Sonic Adventure 1, which I'll still occasionally return to just to dick around in Mystic Ruins and spin dash off things. Of course, in Sonic Adventure 1, there are some momentum physics where, for you to like play around with, which doesn't mm-hmm. look like the case at all in Frontiers. It, front, the Frontiers open world looks not as impressive as even like the fan demos like Sonic Utopia, where it's a gigantic open world, but at least there's slopes and hills and loops and uh, physics to play a, a, a around with. And Frontiers, not only does it look aesthetically derivative of, uh, of Breath of the Wild, Shadow of the Colossus, of um, Death Stranding, certainly people of Fantasy saying, Star. Like, this is kind of yeah, technological. Everybody was... And everybody was making the joke of like, oh, Sega did hire this man. This looks just like those <laughs> just what if you place Sonic or Mario in a uh, Unreal Engine and and just put in like some of the basic game. As- it does kind of just look exactly like that. So it was it was a bit of a gut punch. The first the first thing of just like, oh, shit, this is not very exciting. I'm not getting I'm, I'm not getting roused by this footage. But to wrap this up, it's just that. Now I am kind of like, you know, maybe, you know, I had a fun time with Fantasy Star Online 2 New Genesis. So oh, no. putting in a Sonic mod, it's so like, you're it, 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 it'll be okay. This is like a it's different like, form of the Sonic cycle. It's like the Sonic cycle, <laughs> is supposed to be, you see it, you get hyped, and then your hype is gradually deflated as they reveal more information. This is the other one. This is like, you see it, and it's like, oh, it's a disaster. And then as the launch approaches, you kind of talk yourself up like, oh, but maybe it's okay. You look all bad. Like, oh, look, there's linear levels could be cool. And maybe, uh, and then it comes out and you're like, oh. oh that's what's that. happening. That's what's <laughs> happening to me is uh, is exactly that. Because I think when we were talking to the other day of like just trying to rank our favorite 3D Sonic games. And I it occurs to me, it's like, well, there's not. It's not it's not hard to break the top five for me with the 3D Sonic games. So Frontiers still has a chance to become maybe even my favorite 3D Sonic game, which is damning with faint praise because most of the 3D Sonic games have not been fun for me personally. But anyway, that's those are my thoughts. What do you guys think? Yeah, Lee, Josh. Yeah, man. Yeah, well, oh, go ahead. Uh, uh, no. All right. Uh, rock, paper, scissors for it. On three. One, two, three. Scissors. I got scissors as well. Fuck, man. Fuck. Wow, this is great. Oh my pod. god! <laughs> All right, you go first. You go first. Okay, okay. Sonic, Sonic Frontiers. Um, well, I think like the big disappointing but predictable thing is that it isn't Sonic as an open world game. It's Sonic put into what every other open world game is. I mean, well, I'm being a bit dismissive by saying every other open world game, but it's like, why why does Sonic Frontiers look the way it does? And it looks the way it does because that's what all the other big popular open world games look like. Yeah. Like, they couldn't just do an open world game that looks like a Sonic game. They're just making one. Oh, it's got to have... It's got to look a bit PSO. It's got to look a bit... Xenoblade, it's got to look a bit Breath of the Wild, it's got to look a bit Pokemon Legends Arceus, it's they've all got those, you're running through the fields, you're going through some moors it doesn't have that sonic look to it, and that looks to extend to the gameplay as well it's like, oh well what kind of open worldy things are you doing, and it's like, well you're doing the kind of stuff you're doing a Zelda game mm-hmm. 
Yeah, like with puzzles and things like that, innit? Yeah, it's like, oh, move move a statue and then the door opens and it's like, oh, defeat some enemies and get some things and it's like, yeah, that that's not... Like, there's been a lot of requests for an open-world Sonic, but that's not what people wanted from it. And I, I don't know, it's pretty funny, but in, in the interview with Izuka that was on IGN, he was saying, well, this, this open world game is new and it's different from all the others because it's not an adventure RPG open world. It's an action game open world. But then we're just seeing them do these Zelda style things, but with Sonic. And yeah. like, as, as, we touched, uh, like, as we touched upon earlier, you're not really doing anything in these environments we give you it's like okay you've got all these naturalistic environments where and i can see why that appeals to people it's like a bit of that oh if sonic was in the real world which we've seen a couple of times before um but you can't do any of the things you'd want to do with that concept you can't be like oh i can roll down this hill i can do this i can do that instead you're just running up buildings and shit like in a yeah run you know sure that. sure it's like yeah an open world a realistic open world game you could you could have a city in it if you wanted but the you know gta it's it, be different chosen, yeah not to um but yeah it's weird it's like the things you interact with are just generic objects placed around we've talked about the crates and the grind rails and the springs and <coughs> there's a great dissonance there because they've got yeah. this realistic like open worlds kind of look to it but then they've just littered it with sonic stuff and they clash it just doesn't seem really well thought out because when when they did zelda breath of the wild they knew nintendo knew which kinds of typical zelda things to move away from that wouldn't work in this naturalistic environment so for example you don't like cut down grass and little hearts pop out they knew that wouldn't work yet here we've got yeah just springs littered around everywhere and rails and yeah all that that was my my no connection to the environment either yeah none at all yeah that when i saw that when the video first came on that was my immediate i was about 10 seconds in my heart sank immediately when like he just kind of runs forward gets dash padded up a, a mm. fucking thing or automatically and then there's just like four barrels and he limply just sort of like slaps one of the barrels and they just all four of them just collapse in this pathetic little fucking uh yeah. havoc physics way and it was like oh no <laughs> this looks r- like straight away like what have they done it's the same again I was it's just say, and the puzzles like- look so stupid the puzzles like my 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 darling wife <laughs> described it after she saw the footage as like this looks like they watched a little bit of breath of the wild but never actually played it yeah and I, I think that's right like i don't very, very sure i yeah i have a big issue with the puzzles as they showed them in the footage like there's like you know the panel type thing where you have to like step on all the right tiles and you can only step on them once or whatever and you light them all up and it solves the puzzle yeah. or whatever but uh, like why would you even want to do that in a sonic game like i don't understand like if we're going to have like this form of gameplay in the game and we're going to have uh potentially up to dozens of these types of like this level of puzzle and like the turning the statue thing was another example it's like who wants to do this like with sonic's gameplay right like if you're trying to design an open world game around sonic's gameplay at least like 
build the mechanics and the gameplay elements around Sonic's, you know, suite of movement and strengths and mobility. Like, why are we doing just like something that you could play in any other um, other video game that exists out there? And like, also, who wants to solve puzzles in a Sonic game? Like, that's not what we're here for, right? Uh, that's uh, that's what I've been saying for for anyone years for any to anyone who listen is. Um that it should be like something like sunset overdrive where you're traversing this environment and everything <clears throat> stuff you can interact with and play with. And it's not just bits just dotted about in a field. It's like the environment itself is what you interact with. You know, you, the rails yeah. are like the handrails or the, or the wires from a machine or they are, you know, fucking vines or something. They're always something, but they're always there and they're hidden in that way of like, and it becomes intuitive that essentially you can just fuck around on anything, but this isn't like that at all. It's just, it's just ground and rocks and then just a rail. Yeah. <laughs> it, it looks like, like, a, like a test. <laughs> it's like, a, it's like a tech demo. I know everyone's saying it. I know I'm not saying anything new, but it does. It looks, it looks unfinished. Yeah. Everything that we've seen, it just, like, the word that comes to mind is inorganic, right? Like they don't have yeah. a good understanding of what Sonic's strengths are. So they're like just trying to whatever Frankenstein, a bunch of other gameplay elements from other popular su- successful games and, you know, make it work in a Sonic game. And that's not really what I'm interested in or want to no. play. So in conclusion, I uh, am actually not intending to buy or play this game at launch, which so he <laughs> says. got a strong reaction from so some of the says. other folks here. <laughs> I'm, I'm you host curious. Sonic podcast. You can't get out of this. This is no, your legal I, obligation. I, I am have, pressing I charges. No Grant <laughs> Grant's got money on it, man. He's gonna I, he's gonna crumble. He's gonna. He's, you played Unleashed, mate. Yes, you I, played I Unleashed play Unleash. for the first episode. You've got to get out. Yes. Of here. No, I'm not going to play Frontiers for $60 or $70 or whatever it costs. I refuse to pay that amount of money for But I did say this. So I, I guess like quick question then, poll for everybody else here. Like, mm. Are you all okay. going to buy it and play it at launch or soon afterwards? Is that your uh, intention? How bad okay, does the game have to look for you to not buy it like Brad <laughs> just said he would? <laughs> Grant's, Grant's if Sonic's on, it, on the package, I'm buying it. I'm, gonna, oh, I'm going to. Oh, man, you sold I'm your soul. It. He's yeah. diehard. I, for me personally, I would say it's like, I guess maybe too early to answer that question. <laughs> That's I have, a fair point. That's reasonable. I have yeah. not purchased new games from the Sonic series before, so it wouldn't be weird for me to skip one. But like, uh, I will admit, like the, the like barrier of like how interesting it needs to be for me to be willing to give it a shot is lower for Sonic than it is for most other <laughs> Fair enough. Like, yeah. I, I didn't get Sonic Forces when it came out because it just. It uh, it wasn't doing it for me, and I yeah, did end up eventually playing it because a friend lent it, a friend lent it to me. But um, uh, I, so I know it's possible. But like at the same time, it's like if it looks like it's a mess, but like some parts of it might be fun or interesting, then you know I might give it a shot. But uh-huh. uh, so far, I feel like it's shaping up to me probably, especially because in Canada, if I get this game and I get it for PS5, it's probably going to be like $90. Yeah, so geez, like, <laughs> I just don't like, like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Well, I'm, just, I'm just now realizing that I've only bought like five Sonic games at launch in the whole series. Like, Oh yeah. Even as a, even as a kid, it's like Sonic mania, Sonic three, Sonic and knuckles, Sonic adventure, Sonic adventure two. Okay. And six Sonic and the secret rings. Uh, those are the, uh, the other games I've, but, but at those times, I was not hosting or co-hosting a Sonic <laughs> podcast. Okay. Clear the record here. Just because we host the Sonic podcast does not under any means like 
give me an obligation to have to engage with all forms of Sonic content. You're not earning your salary. (laughs) (laughs) Where is my salary? I'm checking my bank account. We're going to change the color of your name on the Discord. (laughs) You're not a True Blue Sonic fan anymore, Nathan. We're going to change the color of your name on the Discord server. I just want to touch on the aesthetics a little bit more too that Lee and and some of you all brought up of just like, uh, yeah, man, a little just... It feels like they've just lost the plot entirely on what Sonic is, and they're just like constantly just forcing it into these other things. Some checkerboards and some palm trees would go a long way. Just some visual identifiers of like, yes, we know that there's a Sonic aesthetic. We're going to c- continue iterating on it and like changing it, and not just like throw them into this other thing. And the music also sounds pretty dull. It's like ah, that's another. That's like oh great, this might be the first Sonic. It's like at least we have the music, but with this Sonic game, it's like. No, you've just got a cover of the Breath of the Wild uh, overworld theme, and then that's it. So it's just like, and speaking of the plot, man, just the whole rollout of this has been such a disaster, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I think I think a story trailer uh, with some gameplay, just like a standard trailer, would have would have gone down so much smoother. We still like they. I guess they really want to play up the mystery of it, and they seem to be very bullish on that we're gonna enjoy this open world just because it's an open world. Um, but yeah, it, it leaves me feeling blank and empty, but I'm, I'm trying to pump my heart up. I'm trying to, I'm trying to talk myself into it. I'm right. still there day one. So by the last point I wanted to make about this is yeah. In conclusion right now, as of what we know of the game, I am definitely not going to buy it and play it at launch. However, if for some unforeseeable reason, this game, uh, does turn out to be good. I will change my mind and play it. And so I was going to place a wager here on this podcast now that I guess let's say if the game, if Sonic Frontiers releases and scores at least an 80 or more on either Metacritic or Open Critic, and you all know how much I hate um, <laughs> at review aggregators, uh, then I will buy and play it. If not, then I will not feel any obligation to play it whatsoever until I can. That's a huge bar. There's 80. (laughs) See, so like you're saying 80 is too high of a bar now. I think that's like a generally acceptable for a good game. Wait, there's no 3D Sonic game that has an 80. No, no 3D Sonic game has an 80. I think, I think they're all in the seventies. Well, I didn't do any research to go back and look at this. Too bad. It has to clear the bar for 80. It's a completely reasonable statement. It's just very Thank you, Sam. (laughs) It's just very funny how you're like, it has to at least be good. And then and then we're all like, whoa, we all know that's not (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, 80 is just the arbitrary number I pulled out. So yeah, again, I did not do any research. Um and I'm gonna stick to that number. What was that game? Was it like a Mario Kart where IGN gave it like 7.9 or something and everybody like revolted? Does anybody remember this? I don't remember. I do remember when GameSpot or something, Jeff Gersman, whatever, gave, what was it, Twilight Princess or something, an 8.1 and the whole internet like hated him. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Ridiculous. Lee, what about you? Are you getting it on day one or are you waiting for an 80 on Metacritic? I mean, well... Look, you don't want to be talking to yourself on the podcast, right? I, f- I feel like I'm kind of <laughs> yeah, into it. Lee. <clears throat> yeah, that's the spirit. So, Suffer. Well, <laughs> okay, so so here's the thing. As Well, I think as we've all said, I've got standards, but for a bit lower when it comes to Sonic. 
That's very fair. That's very fair. You know, it's like I want him to do well. I want, I want what's, I want something good for him. You know, so if he, if Sonic comes home, he's like, Lee, Lee, I got a C plus on my test. I'm like, well done, son. <laughs> oh my god. Well done. That's a pass. That is a pass. I am so curious about this game. I'm so still. I but I can't get rid of that lingering feeling. It's going to be, I think, a you know, get it on the sale kind of thing. Unless, you know, again, we'll see what Metacritic's saying. Um, or rather, yeah, our dear listeners, like, <clears throat> to be honest, dude, like, if you guys played it and liked it, I'd, I'd be like, yeah, okay, cool. Because, like, it's, because we all sort of get it. We're on that sort of, and we're not right or wrong or better or worse. It's just that, like, we all were fans at the same time, kind of grew up through the same thing and engaged with the series in similar ways, not exactly the same ways, but, like, yeah, I don't know. I think that's that's where my, my measure would be. But I do want to see more of it. Like Sam's saying, we don't know yet. There might be other... It sounds, and it looks and sounds like they're just putting generations levels in it at the moment. But again, that's like two seconds of footage. I don't want to be that guy that's on there looking at two seconds of footage. What does this mean? Like, I don't... I, I don't know. At first glance, though, yeah. The music, the art of it. It's nothing like what I want. The older I get, the more I want things from my childhood. Uh, because you can call it nostalgia, man. I call it a coping mechanism. Like I just, I just need something to just <laughs> make me forget that I'm an adult. And like, that's why Sonic Mania was so nice. Sonic Mania isn't perfect, man, but it looks and sounds and plays like the stuff I like. And it doesn't look like they've gone in that direction, does it? Like you're saying, they've just put him into a world. It's not his world. It's not in his. He's not in his world. Is he? <laughs> <laughs> so it's well, fucked. Um, uh, the, uh, the here's the twist for you for uh, the way I perceive it is that this game actually is kind of like you know what you were just saying like you like what you like and that is the old Sonic 2D games but this game Sonic Frontiers is what a certain age of Sonic fan likes <laughs> at, they do um, they gameplay do. wise right just like but displaced into <clears throat> an open world setting now. I can't I can't go back to it it's not even about like standards and, and for Sonic games and whatever and holding it in a on a, on a different level um i've just been playing different stuff recently i finally bought a switch i was telling you guys all about it i've been playing super mario games and i tell you what um they're quite good <laughs> i'll be catching up on that super mario odyssey really fucking good man really good and i'm playing it and i'm just like i don't want sonic games to be like this but i want them to be this good and they're not and if i could play this instead then that that's sort of where i'm going it doesn't need to be um i don't care about you know metascritic metascritic oh shit Oh, put me to bed, boys. I don't care about any of that is what I'm saying. But what I do care about is it needs to be as fun to play as Odyssey. Otherwise, why wouldn't I just play Odyssey? Do you know what I mean? And it just, now I'm catching up on those games again. I'm going to get 3D World on you guys' recommendation. And it just looks to me like that's where the fun is. That's where, you know, and that's why we've been talking about Mario so much recently. And that's why these guys did their big Mario intro, if you must know. Yeah, we want to talk about some Mario today because... uh, Actually, you know, let me ask you guys this, because I kind of think this is something that has become like a mimetic myth over the years, just sort of Mm. restated. But in my experience was never true. Do you did you guys actually experience or witness any like supposedly there was all these like playground arguments, these classroom (gasps) arguments about Sonic versus Mario, Sonic versus Mario. And in my experience, that was never the case. There was maybe some conversation about if Super Nintendo was better than Sega Genesis. And really, I remember the arguments being about Nintendo 64 versus PlayStation a bit later. But in my view, like the Sega Genesis for 
for the uh, American or North American audience was like, that was like the second console that you got after the NES. So Mar- it, you went Mario and then Sonic. So it wasn't like they were opposed. Sonic was clearly better because this was 16-bit versus the 8-bit games. Uh, so, but I'm wondering, did you guys actually like argue Sonic versus Mario as kids or see people arguing Sonic versus Mario or is this a made up thing? No, that's surprising to me because, you know, I didn't even go to, um, public school or any kind of, I was homeschooled. Right. But I did go to church a lot as a kid. And even in church, that was a huge topic <laughs> Shit, Sonic really? versus Mario. Oh, really? So I grew up with the context that that was a very common thing for kids of our age at the time to argue about. Yeah. There were definitely Nintendo kids versus Sega kids and, um, the Sega kids argued that Sonic was cooler and better. And yeah, Mario kids tried to argue the same. So yeah, I thought that was like kind of just a thing that was ubiquitous across America during that time period. Yeah, it's like, I think for me, you know, I was a Genesis kid. I had a friend who had a Super Nintendo and like, you know, we definitely would go over to each other's houses to play the best games on either system. Like I played all of Mario World there and he came over and played all the Sonic stuff. But like, I guess it was never like for me, like, oh, like Mario sucks and Sonic is the best or whatever. But it was like you had to rationalize that one was better than the other because you wanted to feel like you had the system that was good so that you didn't feel bad about not having the other one. Right? And so, like, I yeah. remember being like, yeah, like Mario games are good. Like the gameplay's really tight. It's fun and everything. Uh, you know, but Mario World is is like really derivative of like the NES games, and it's like not aesthetically or musically as like advanced as Sonic. Like Sonic is a fun game, but it's also like this big leap forward, like as art, you know, or whatever. That was the kind of yeah. pretentious uh, crap that I talked about when I was a kid. <laughs> Very high minded for that age. <laughs> I maintained that view for a long time too, right? Like even like into the 3D games, I was like, oh, you know, like Mario 64 obviously is like. Like a really like tightly designed game and everything, but like the it's nothing to write home about like visually or or whatever. It's like kind of got a very bland look. But then they put out Mario Galaxy, and I was like, oh okay, never mind. <laughs> you can't argue with that, can you? You just can't argue with it. And at that point as well, like what Sonic been up to? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> it's yeah. just I'd fallen off by that point when I played Galaxy. Uh, I was definitely like a Nintendo gamer at that point. You know whatever. Like after the just after the Dreamcast, I got an N64, and then and then I never looked back really until now, and I can't fucking stop myself, you know. <laughs> but um, they got me back. Sonic Four, that's how they got me. It's shameful. Oh dear, uh, I'm back in now. Yeah, I feel like here there was a bit of Sonic versus Mario, but like Grant, like you were saying, it was more Mega Drive versus Super Nintendo, which was yeah. better. And then you then you would swap you'll do a swap oh let's do yeah. a swap for a couple of weeks of your know, mega drive and your super nintendo uh, the mega drive i'd say was a bit more popular here but you know, what you usually had was you'd have a mega drive but then you'd also have a game boy and you'd have one or both of the mario lands so you know you weren't getting necessarily the best of mario but you were still getting Mario and you were still getting Sonic. So they were yeah. both your friends. Yeah, you were aware <laughs> of the uh, console wars, but it was more like there was an armistice going on or whatever. Like you were just chilling. Like, uh, you know, you could, uh, <laughs> so to speak. Yeah, I know. Oh, tacky in it. Um, so, like, yeah, you like Sam was saying, you'd go around and they'd have a, a SNES or whatever. Yeah, SNES, you heard me. And uh, we'd have the Mega Drive and you'd like just get the best of both. But like, I don't know, it didn't feel like in the magazines or, or on fucking Games Master or something, it'd be like, oh yeah, you know, the console 
uh, the console wars and the and the rivalries and you'd see like fan art in the magazines of like sonic cutting mario's head off with a chainsaw and shit like it was grim man um uh, you know those are the real horrors of the console wars but then what really it felt like was just that like sega won like sega was cool as shit sega had sega world it had a whole world of sega if you went to london if you go to london <laughs> obviously but like you have no mario world yeah um, mario never I mean, had world. did but no you did you did but like <laughs> but no but like that was just a that was just a game this was the real deal baby this ain't no game it was a live action thrill ride yeah yeah you don't know what that do you know what that is no one said anything after i said that okay. that's the tagline of the mario movie because i'm a yeah. mario fan <laughs> this ain't deal no with it. <laughs> you deal you with don't it. like the movie though i've grown to I, did i say the movie. that did i say that you not today i'm not start I'm not starting on you. I'm not like, yeah. Oh, did I say that though? Bruv, what? Um, did, I, did I actually say that? I can't remember. Man. I remember watching it and I was really fucking drunk. I watched it before you guys. You were and very I, mad yeah, about it. Yeah, we watched it. it together. I was yeah. delighted. It was, it was real bad. <laughs> it was real bad. Uh, it just gets worse every time I watch it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so in 2D, in, in 2D, there's like a real argument between Sonic and Mario. Like, uh, I didn't experience those arguments, but I feel like they're they're... They're right there. And, you know, I think probably for most of us, it's like the 2D Sonic games are more enjoyable. They're more fun than the 2D Mario games. Not that the 2D Mario games are anything to sneeze at, but just the 2D Sonic games are just so much more fun. And then in 3D, there's like no comparison. Like there's just there at the time I when Sonic Adventure 1 came out, I was like, this is definitely better than Mario 64. You can shoot. You can fish. You fly a plane. All the characters talk. Like, this is so much better. And you're Sonic, so you're already cooler. Because Sonic's cooler than Mar- dumb old Mario already. You knew that. You were just, well, when you played 64. True. Well, of course. <laughs> but when you played 64, yeah, you were just like, yeah, but when Sonic does his Sonic 64, it's going to be sick, mate. And so I still had that kind of tribalism of it at the time. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe you can, like, call me out as a centrist or whatever here. But, like, I mean, I liked <laughs> both the Mario and the Sonic games in 2D. And even to this day, maybe I don't know if I can like definitively say which that I liked better than the other. Although, I guess if you're talking about like emotional, emotionally attached nostalgia, I guess, yeah, Sonic definitely wins. But I, you know, for example, I think like some of the best 2D platformer games out there are still Mario games. Like, I like Super Mario World and Yoshi's Islander, probably two of my, probably my two favorite games in the whole Mario series, to be honest, including the 3D games. Um, but oh, interesting. Yeah, I, I I will get into this later, but I mean, I like 3D Mario well enough, but I don't think I've ever like loved a 3D Mario game in the same way that I like loved the Genesis Sonic games. I love Mario Odyssey. Yeah. I'm so excited that Josh <laughs> has been playing it. I think it's my favorite game that's ever been created by human hands. No, uh, it's just I think it's okay. it so much, <laughs> so much fun. Fantastic. All the gameplay mechanics that I wish that they were looking to Mario Odyssey instead of Breath of the Wild in terms of what to emulate for Sonic Frontiers. Yeah. But I'm wondering if there are you think there are things be, that no. the Sonic series can be taking from the Mario series. Fun would be one big thing. Um, <laughs> My thought was that they really should like go back to basics and try and make like uh, I you know this term mean is meaningless at this point now but like the Mario 64 but for Sonic. But but for that I mean like they need to go back to like understanding the very basic move set of Sonic and 3D, make it actually intuitive and fun, whether that incorporates physics, which is what I would prefer or not. But like now uh, this is what we do have. But I don't think that the controls are fun or intuitive or 
interesting um, and like put him into like levels that are more like playgrounds to explore those mechanics and utilize them effectively, which is what I think Mario 64 was very effective at doing at uh, doing at that point in time. And I've only come to appreciate that more um, as time has passed. Like back in the day, I thought Mario 64 was like, yeah, that's a fine game or whatever. But now looking back at it, I can understand uh, with a lot better perspective that it was an incredible creative um effort even though now to this day when i go back and replay mario 64 i don't like particularly care for it as much i tried to replay through all of these games again with the 3d all-stars collection and i bounced pretty quick off of all of them unfortunately i think maybe platformers in general aren't really my cup of tea too much anymore well then sonic frontiers is the game for you they've totally got rid of the platforming <laughs> <laughs> so what was everyone's okay. first experience with Mario 64 and was it everyone's first 3D Mario? Yes. Um, is, it was for me. Is, is everybody's answer going to be the Walmart demo where you had to crane your neck looking up at the ceiling? No. Because that was mine. No, I don't remember a demo. Oh, really? I still remember all those Walmart kiosks with yeah, the Nintendo 64s and Mario 64. That was, I think, probably the first time I played it. Mario Sunshine was the first 3D Mario game that I ever played. Like, oh, wow. I, I didn't play 64 at all. I just never touched it. I didn't have an N64. And when we went over to friends' houses, it was to play all the cool multiplayer stuff. So, Have you played through it at this point, Sam? Or is it just like a blind spot for you? I have tried to play through it a few <laughs> times. Like my, my, my Mario origin story is I was a Sega kid. Uh, I played the 2D games at friends' houses and thought they were great. Wasn't able to play Mario 64. Uh, after Sega got out of the console business, the GameCube was the first console I got, so I got Sunshine. Mm, Sunshine okay. was my first 3D Mario, and I played through it all. And like, I mean, we all know how everyone feels about that game, right? It's controversial. So I came away from it being like, "Yeah, this was good, but like also really annoying. Like, you know, it kind of ups <laughs> yeah. and downs. Uh, maybe I'll play Mario 64 someday." Uh, and then it wasn't really until Galaxy that I became like what I would consider to be a Mario fan. I played that game and I was like blown away by it. Uh, mm-hmm. And ever since then, I think of myself as being like a huge fan of the Mario games. Like every 3D game since then uh, has been like one of my favorite games ever. Uh, I, I think they're like such great accomplishments in like design and also like art and music and everything like that. And, and for me, uh, you know, I I was able to go back to Sunshine and experience that and like like aspects of it. Um, but whenever I go back to N sixty four Mario, it's just really hard because I've played all the other ones, and mm-hmm. no matter what, I, like this is a personal feeling, but I feel like no matter what people tell you, if you played those games first uh, and think that they hold up you are not a reliable source. <laughs> like, like <laughs> it's just like, I've also never played Ocarina of Time, right? I've played all the 3D Zelda games uh, Dude, since what? then, but not that one. But it's, it's really like, good, man. It's really good, except that if you've played everyone since then, right. everything in that game is something you've seen before. I, I get where you're coming you. from. And Mario 64, yeah. it's like, it's like it's good. I can play it and tell like it's good and like really appreciate it in terms of how like innovative it was and how impressive it is that they've like established all of the like basic uh, ideas of 3D Mario are present in that game and have barely changed, which is like super impressive. But if you like divorce it from history and just try and go back and play it, it's just like a version of 3D Mario that's not as good. 
I see. So I know exactly how you feel because I feel that way about the original Super Mario Brothers because I didn't get into 2D Mario until a little bit later. Like Super Mario yeah. World is maybe the first one that I played through myself, and that's my favorite. So going back to the NES games, especially Super Mario Brothers One, like the just the feel of his momentum and the jumping physics and stuff like that. Like I cannot like grok it at all, and so like I did beat Super Mario Brothers One through Three um, sometime I think early last year for the first time, like all three of them. Um, just to finally be able to say that I did it, but I don't think like I wouldn't say that I really love any of those games. It's a testament to how Nintendo refines, you know, and improves upon the core gameplay and and rarely loses it or throws it out. They uh, they iterate by refining and like you don't have the same you don't I think Sam pointed this out at one point. You don't have the same thing in, in Mario discourse where they're like, oh, I really wish we'd go back to the Mario one physics. Like people do with Sonic. <laughs> no, you that. Right. <laughs> I'm sure. I remember it's out people there. Com- I remember people complaining about it when um, uh, Mario Maker came out. That like some people were mad that the Mario One aesthetic didn't come with the Mario One uh, physics. physics. Oh, interesting. Uh, that, that was, I feel like that was more about authenticity than anything else, though. Yeah. Like I think if it was a brand new game rather than that Mario Maker choose for different game graphics. Like, no one would want to go back to the old stuff. And I've seen some people complain about new Super Mario Brothers. It's like, oh, it doesn't control, just but they're fucking nerds. nerds. I don't (laughs) care for new Super Mario Brothers, though. (laughs) Um, You don't like old Super Mario Brothers, mate, to be honest. (laughs) I I like Super Mario World and Yoshi's Island. But it's the best one, isn't it? It's like, you know, if you're going to play any of the best ones, that's the Sonic 3 and Knuckles of, you know, uh, Mario. And I've played it. I've, I've, same thing. I've just, I've, I did three, I think, and I did World, and you know, hundred percent of it and all that. But that, it, yeah, it was like I felt like, oh, this is good. This is well made. Uh, but I did kind of feel like I was just ticking things off. I wasn't playing around like in the new Mario games, like in Odyssey. Like I'm just falling around in that fucking game. I enjoy just switching it on and going, oh, what am I going to find now? I'm just going to fuck around Super with something and try and find some. No, in Odyssey. Or... Sorry. In o- well, I meant like you were saying, like you didn't feel that in Super Mario. World. Oh, right. Yeah. No, I did, yeah, in all of them, in all of them, World uh, and 3. I mean, I did play the old ones, like, at a mate's house, but I always kind of had that thing of, I just want to go home and play Sonic, you know? Um, I think... Because I prefer that feeling. That's why I think Yoshi's Island stands out to me so much, because that, I think, was the first and maybe the only Mario game that I've played that gave me that sense of feeling. Like, I, I don't know if you all have the same experience with that, but, like, getting into whatever, some of the later worlds, like the monkey levels and stuff like that, and just being like absolutely delighted at the kind of mechanics and things that you were like finding in each level. And <clears throat> yeah. I mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever like I don't think even Mario any 3D Mario has like recreated that feeling for me since then. Oh really? Um, and I think wow. that's why like Yoshi's Island is like my favorite game in the whole series. Okay. And that's why I also say Crazy. Super Mario World is my favorite after that, because I think Yoshi's Island maybe kind of doesn't count as a Mario game, like strictly a Mario game, if you want to get yeah. technical about it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't <laughs> know. A couple points on that. Uh, something Lee has brought up before too is like it's all—it's kind of surprising that other games and maybe particularly Sonic games haven't taken the baton from Super Mario World in terms of like having multiple exits and secret exits. You would think that that yeah. would be something that would mm. fit in very well with That'd Sonic. Uh, and it's just yeah. something that platformers in general haven't really followed up on or even in the Mario series. Also, Sam was... I, I just, I just want to like. I guess my Yoshi. I never actually played Yoshi's Island, so maybe I. Oh, you haven't. Oh my oh, god, you're missing dude. out. That is the like <laughs> yeah. I said, the best 2D Mario, and maybe arguably the best Mario game ever made. Definitely the best Yoshi. Galaxy, game. I think, was 
was a was a real turning point though um i played mario 64 at the time and and absolutely loved it but uh galaxy i was in college at that time and that was the first one where i um like consciously was like okay i, I haven't actually played i haven't finished this game until i've 100 percented it and getting into that mindset of like oh you've got 100 percent the mario games was a big turning point for me and and uh then i later went back and did that for Mario 64, which I didn't do as a kid. But Galaxy, I think, was like the first... Yeah, I think it was the turning point where it was like, oh, Mario... These 3D Mario games, for me, are just like... They're best in class. They're, there's nothing that is comparable to this that's scratching the itch in the same way. Um, and then... Yeah, I mean, since then, it's just been like a string of of hits. Like, it could, every every 3D Mario game since Galaxy has continued to, like be amazing galaxy 2 was fantastic 3d world was fantastic and odyssey i think is the greatest thing ever made um but yeah i think uh galaxy more so even than mario 64 was like one was like oh this is this is video game art this is uh this is where it's at i did a hundred percent like the first time i beat mario 64 was on the nintendo ds port because i didn't actually own a nintendo 64 when it was contemporary um and I did 100% Mario 64 on the DS. Uh, and I think that might have been the only time where I actually like played through the whole thing. Because like I mentioned with the 3D All-Stars, I tried to play through it again. And I got kind of bored with it pretty quickly. Um, but every other 3D Mario since then, I think I've beaten most of the ones that I have played. But also, I don't, I, I don't know. I guess I have a very different experience from you, Grant. Because probably about like two-thirds of the way into the game, I get kind of tired of it. And I just kind of like try and gun for the ending as quickly as I can so I can be done with it. Even Odyssey, though? That was true for, like, Galaxy and Odyssey. Yeah, oh, Odyssey especially. I did not like especially? the like, moon wow. design. And I got really annoyed at the end. I was like, I want to be done with this. Yeah, I, I could understand if you were saying, like, 3D Land, which I also love. I love all of them. Because, you know, 3D Land, it's like, oh, yeah, it's levels. It's more levels. But I feel like with Mario Odyssey, they're throwing new ideas at you, like, in every level. And within every level, it's like new idea after new idea after new idea. Like even the like big, what is it, like the like Japanese sort of like samurai Bowser level at the end. And you get to be the little bird and you're like, ba-dong, ba-dong. Oh, that's cute. Delightful. Yeah. Just, Everything I is. I thought that was Delightful fine. is the word, mate. There's so many inventive mechanics in, in Odyssey. It's just joy i uh, know the mechanics is the thing and that's what we talk about in the sonic free and knuckles episode is where it was like um every level even if you didn't like that particular level it's not your favorite level or whatever it had unique mechanics and things to play around with and you, they were memorable uh and yeah and, and odyssey is full of that sort of thing and that's why i didn't really take to the other uh mario games it's like doing this podcast has been like going through sonic therapy i'm getting to the root of why i actually enjoy this fucking and why i'm still here talking about it many years later and it was just that there was no repetition. There was no, yeah, everything felt good and was different and was interesting and well thought out. And I feel that way in Odyssey and I don't in the old Mario games necessarily. They're solid, but it's just kind of like you run and jump and run and jump and run and jump. And then you're over, you know, or like, Oh, but this one's, this one's auto scrolling, you know, like that's kind of how it is for me. I'm just, Oh, this one's underwater, but it's exactly the same. Like it wasn't enough. Uh, Odyssey is fucking that and more. And I suppose like at NT, if you like, and I know you do. You like hundred percent in games, and Odyssey, man, I've been uh, playing it, and that's a motherfucker to hundred percent. I would you say just... you generally, yeah. I don't know if I like that. Uh, I don't know if that's true broadly, but yeah, Odyssey, man. I've know. seen I've your platinum, this... man. 
Come on. I've made this argument before about like, I don't like the moon design in Odyssey. Like, I think there's a lot of filler in general. And um, it, so I the, 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 very quickly in that mm. game, I, I realized I was like, there's no way I'm going to like get everything in this game. And I also have a controversial opinion, which I think um, we've talked about. I don't remember if we've talked about it on the podcast, but we definitely talked about it somewhere that I actually, I think I prefer 3D World to um, Odyssey because, I well, like, that's controversial. Um, I, yeah, I, I mean, like, I like, I like multiplayer. Mm. And so I definitely think like being able to play with four people um, is a huge yeah. advantage. And I don't think, I, yeah, I don't think that's particularly controversial, but I also do think that I like course based Mario better than right. like open field type Mario, um, including in 3d. So I like, you know, like new super Mario brothers, U or whatever the fucking title is on Wii U with four <laughs> players in that. Like, I like that. Oh, I like the new super Mario brothers games on Wii. I did not like the new super Mario brothers games on DS. Um, and yeah, 3D World is, I think, probably my favorite 3D Mario game. Although also when I tried to replay it on Switch, when they ported it, um, I got tired of it pretty quickly, maybe because I'd already beaten it before. But like, bless Nintendo, though, because it's like, you know, with the Sonic thing, we're like, oh, do you like the Sonic Adventure ones or do you like the Boost ones? And there's been, yeah. you know, there's been... On the boost ones, it's like, okay, Generations is maybe the best, or Colors, or whatever, and then you've got the bad ones, like Frontiers and Sonic Adventure, it's like, oh, they don't really hold up, and oh, then you've got the bad ones, like 06. Mario, you've got, oh, here's the open world ones, and they're great, they're tons of fun, Mario Odyssey, there you go, there's your brilliant open world Mario game, oh, but if you like... Just like get to the end of a level, get the mushroom, get the fire flower. We've got those as well. And they're also excellent. Yeah. You've got both. Yeah, so there's something for everybody. But they're still innovating. They're still trying new things. They're still putting them in that 3D space. It's not just like, like when we had Sonic Colors, we also had Sonic 4. <laughs> so it's, and that was insulting as fuck. And it was like, fine, okay, I'll, I'll get into modern 3D Sonic games, I guess, because the only other alternative is bollocks. So... Uh, but yeah, you don't have that with Mario, do you? Like, it just feels like everything they're making. Even like fucking, you could play Treasure Track, whatever it's called, Toad's fucking Treasure Hunt or whatever. Mm, and well, uh, that's uh, exactly like a Mario game. And uh, it's definitely a Mario game. And it, it's, it's got Mario characters. It's got Mario characters in it. It's, it's not a Mario game. You the don't point jump is they're making all... them. The point it's is the they're bonus making... levels from 3D World. Yeah, made, it made into you a go. full game. Or like, okay, like Luigi's Luigi's Mansion. I'm saying they're not. They're not making. They're not making Bigs Fish in Adventure 3, are they? They won't do it. But Nintendo's like, oh, you want the Toad game? Fuck it. Yeah, have a, have a, do you want Wario games? Have like eight of them. It's fine. Like, just have all the stuff you want. Like, yeah. yeah it's, I, mean, it's, I hope this doesn't get me in trouble with the Sonic community, but like, I don't think it's controversial at all to state that I think even the best 3D Sonic game is worse than the worst 3D Mario game. I might. <laughs> no, that's uh, very fair. Yeah, that is true. It's true. <laughs> yeah, it's true. That's yeah. pretty reasonable. <laughs> I mean, what what is the worst three D Mario game? It's like maybe that's maybe sunshine. Arguably sunshine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That'd be one of the and best Sonic games. Oh my yeah. god! Imagine so if Sonic thrilled. Frontiers was as good as Mario Sunshine. Right. Exactly. It just needs to look like it, man. I don't want to talk about Sonic again. Sorry, like, but it just doesn't look or sound like it. That's why I get into this stuff. You know, remember our mantra of at least the music's good. Like, I don't know, man, maybe sad pianos for somebody, but it ain't for me, man. That's not what I'm here for. <laughs> like, you know, and that's, that's why you get all weird and nostalgic for it. Cause you're like, I, I just, I love that thing. The whole, you know, that nineties, like Memphis Milano fucking uh, revival, like artwork that, and it's trendy. You could do that. But then 
I don't know, but what's Mario doing with its artwork? Like, it still looks recognisably Mario, but it still also looks fresh. Even when they get, like, something silly like fucking New Donk City, it's still cartoonish in its own way. Uh, you know, it, that Mario realistic is still funny and silly and cartoonish and colourful as well and vibrant, yeah. you know. Um, I they like just have, like, that. a cohesiveness to their art they do. Um, direction yeah. overall that Sonic, I think, has never really attained. Uh, well, okay, I'll correct myself. Sonic struggled to attain, and I think that they actually hit on it pretty successfully with Unleashed specifically, and then, like, a yeah. few of the follow-up games after that. And now it seems like, for whatever reason, we're diverging far, far away from that again for no apparent real reason yeah man i mean if they could at least do that like if this if this at least looked like lost world which admittedly looks a bit more like a mario game i mean uh, i would be fine with that i thought lost world had a really cool look at, even though it was, a it was okay game. Yeah, it was, it's not what i'm looking for but like i don't know but then i suppose maybe with mario it's like even when they do something different it still feels familiar in the best way and also fresh in the best way there's just a good blend of it yeah mm-hmm. They know what they're doing. They do. <laughs> it's like confidence. Really yeah, imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> so has everyone played Bowser's Fury? I was playing this no. today. Wait, can I be honest with you? I haven't played 3D World. Sorry. Uh, you, you'll like it. You'll like it. I don't think you'll I like it. I don't think you'll like it as much as Odyssey because it's you know right. it's just levels, but for I've, very good levels. Like me. I, I, yeah. I, I don't know. All right, wait. I played 3D Land, the one on the 3DS. It's yeah, like so, a sequel to that, but bigger. Bigger, okay, cool. better. All right, yeah. Multiplayer and with four player, co-op. Multiplayer, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, I mean, that's it, though, isn't it? It's a delight. It's a delighting co-op. Yeah. Yeah. I'm up for it, man. And I did play um, New Super Mario Brothers, and I'm down with that as well. So I played a little bit of Bowser's Fury, but uh, for whatever reason, I didn't like finish it. So what's different about that one? Yeah, what's that one all about? Tell me about it. Sell it to me. Bowser's Fury. So yeah. it's kind. It's a bit of an in between of your 3D world and your Mario Odyssey 64 open world kind of thing. Um, so it's still got the traditional small Mario, big Mario, fire Mario, cat uh, Mario. Yeah. It's got. It's still cat got Mario. all that. Yeah, yeah. So it controls like 3D world, um, but you've got full control of the camera. There's no fixed camera. It's okay. Yeah, so you've got full camera control and it's a proper open world. It's all one big level. I say big, you oh, know, wow. it's, it's not really? big as in like Breath of the Wild or anything. It is still just a bonus game, but it's quite beefy for a bonus game. That's um, sick, so mate, it, it's dope, it's dope. So you've got this big open world, you start off on a little island and you're going, but the open world, it's not like a Mario 64 or Odyssey kind of thing. It's more like platform challenges, but okay. also with hidden things. And as you're collecting more of the, whether they are the shine stars or whatever they are in this one, mm. it's always the same thing. You collect a sparkly thing. Yeah, it's got a face on it. Yeah. yeah, you collect the sparkly things and then more and more stuff opens up. And the gimmick of it, the big gimmick of this is every so often it starts storming and this like big giant like scary like monster fury bowser comes and starts like wrecking shit and throwing stuff everywhere and as you get more stuff you can become a big giant supersonic cat mario and fight bowser and every time you beat him 
some of the black there's like a black sort of oily goop around the world um you clear some of that out of the way and there's more islands you can travel to and you've got Plessy, you know Plessy, the big one. That's oh, not Yoshi. I like Plessy. Yeah, you've got Plessy. Yeah, you jump cute. on, you jump on Plessy. You can travel to another <laughs> island. Is is cute, and okay. it's not. Yeah, he's tra- got little goggles on, but he floats on the water. So silly, right? Silly I mean, old Plessy. I mean, structurally, I mean, this is a kind of like ideally what I would want in an open world structured platforming game, right? Like Sonic Frontiers, instead it of almost hopping to like. Yeah, instead of like yeah. stopping your platforming open world game to like solve puzzles to unlock content, like why? Yeah, yeah that's I, what, that's stupid. That's yeah. I mean, if, if, they shouldn't if be doing that. Bowser's Fury was kind of like expanded out to like a full size game, that would kind of like ideally be what I would want from like an open world Sonic game. It's it's like it's difficult because you know you you create all these questions when when you introduce the idea of like having Sonic or Mario in an open world. Like the, just things that have to be figured out because, like with Sonic, especially, you know, if if uh, you can say like put him on a big open world island or whatever, but like given the speed that Sonic can travel in like modern three D Sonic games, uh, you're probably going to struggle to create a world that takes longer than two minutes to run from one side to the other. Mm-hmm. So like there have mm-hmm. to be reasons to make you stop and have anything yeah. to do at all, right? Like because you can just whiz by enemies you can just like whiz by obstacles or whatever so there has to be something to stop and do and like this is the thing that is so clever about um bowser's fury is that like you even have like that quote-unquote problem in that game because there's these islands but between them you know you get to them by hopping on plessy and when you hop on plessy you suddenly become a very fast character who can roam freely all over the open landscape it's like water instead of ground but like functionally you can go anywhere and you can get there quite fast and then uh the way that it gives you a reason to stop uh is basically like a verticality it's like every island has something you need to do or collect at it but you can't just like you can't run over it you can't blast over it with plessy you have to get off because you have to do some platforming to get the elevation right uh and like this is something you want so much in Sonic Frontiers and you see a bit of it with like the towers and stuff like that, but it really looks like that game was designed the way where like somebody built the landscape of the island and then gave it to this design, like the Sonic designers to be like, okay, yeah. now put some stuff in <laughs> yeah. here. Mm. Yeah, know? here's a world. Put some springs but, in there. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they, you know, Mario, like it is a, you know, a quote unquote open world game, but like all of the constructed parts of the world, like everything that's not just open water are Mario levels. Like they're, they're just yeah. Mario levels that are sitting in the middle of a lake. <laughs> like it's just a series like yeah. of, you know, 10 or 15 Mario 3D world type levels in an ocean together and that's what uh, that's what we're looking for right that would be sonic adventure 3 if they just had the open world bit be the the action uh, the adventure field sorry and then have the stages through the cyberspace ones like be there i don't want to collect fucking orbs to get gems to get fucking acorns or whatever to get whatever i don't give a shit man just like yeah i want to run from one bit to another and like you say just just have the stages be there i mean that sounds that sounds fucking fantastic why am i sitting here i'm i'm playing sonic mania right now actually boys why am i sitting here playing sonic mania i should be playing this instead it sounds sick oh you'll love it you'll love it 
Yeah. yeah, it even has the rumored structure, like you know, like what was floating around these leaks with Frontiers was the idea that, like, oh well, as you complete the challenges in the open world, you know, you get the chaos, oh, yeah. and then on the island you'll fight a big boss as Supersonic. Like this is literally exactly the structure of yeah. Bowser's Fury. You get the bells to become powered up so you can fight him, and I swear, like the final boss of that game is a Supersonic boss, like just straight yeah. up. It's yeah. it's like as I was playing it, I was like, this is just turned into a Sonic game. Like it's quite wild. It just feels like with that and with Odyssey, they're just like there's so many points where I was like, man, this would be sick as fuck if this was a Sonic game. And it just feels like they're just beating Sonic at his own game all the time, but like quietly. They're just like, like, like Grant said before, they're like, oh yeah, we'll just make a perfect little rolling physic in there so you can just roll around on these hills. You don't need to, yeah. but it looks cool. You, ne- you never need to do it. You never you need can. to do it, and it's, but you can, and, it feels and it's so fun. That's the point. Mm. Sonic doesn't roll into a ball anymore. He's a fucking hedgehog, man. This is stupid. It's like, it's in the name. Yeah. Like, that's the one thing I want. If you're like, what do you want in a Sonic game? Make him act like a fucking hedgehog for at least one time would be nice yeah but that was like what's matter. so frustrating about what we've seen from sonic frontier so far just like the movement yeah. looks exactly like boost sonic right like and when you're trying to manipulate him um uh you know at slow in slow yeah. speeds uh like precision movement it looks really awkward and annoying like it was in the previous games and yeah uh, it's like all scripted stuff like right like the rails and the boost pads That's and the mean. springs right yeah. all it does is take control away from the player so that in service of like making Sonic move fast in a flashy way, right? But it's not yeah. like engaging. You're not in control. And You're also, not actually playing. It, it's the exact opposite of the appeal. It's like completely counter to the appeal of what an open yeah. world game is. Right. Because in an open world, you're like, oh, it's about the freedom. But then if it's like, oh, yeah, these dash pads send you in a straight line and these springs send you directly up you can't just directly up don't think about moving whilst you're on there you've got the hoops it, in man. the air they di- direct you those fucking hoops in a straight line i hate those hoops they're shit and all these things <laughs> they, they these are thi- shit you can't even let me thi- fly through the air by myself you have to push me through the air it's stupid i'm angry so they, about it sorry these sorry. things they're all in mario games mario games 3d mario games have dash pads but they don't send you in a direction. They just speed Mario up. Mm-hmm. You know, like Josh, yeah. we were doing one of these the other day. Um, I think like the Odyssey equivalent where it was like flowers or whatever. But yeah, you, oh, like yeah. Mario gets... Fa- and in 3D world, it literally is just like dash pads. But you run over them and it's like, oh, I've got to speed up. But you've you've still got full control of Mario. And you've got yeah. the... You've got the... like springs essentially you've got these like bouncy mushrooms or other bounce pads and they they work like you'd expect them you just like bong and you've still got full control over mario you, yeah. you've got the you've got the flying cap in mario 64 and the similar thing in galaxy you can there's all kinds of stuff you can shit there's a thing in 3d world 3d world actually bowser's fury um, it's a bit like a cat toy, but you can also just like fling yourself in any direction. It's cool. It's cool as shit. And you don't see any of that in any of the 3D Sonic games. No. It's yeah. And just fundamentally, like, we're celebrating the fact that they're making him, oh, he, t- he turns better. I'm like, he should already fucking do that. What? <laughs> he controls well. Oh, congratulations. Like, I wait yeah. 15 years for that. Like, yeah, Mario controls so well. That's the thing I've been finding again. And I forgot because, I mean, I did play this stuff. You know, I played uh, 64 and Sunshine and and 
and Galaxy and Galaxy 2. And they were good, man. But I just kind of, I was just like, yeah, that's good. And then I just put it down and carried on. But when's the next Sonic game going to come out? You know, I was still fucking hypnotized by it. And then just playing Odyssey is like, this is just so pleasurable to just fool around in. Like, I, you know, I gave it to Jenny. I was just like, Jenny, have a go at this game. Uh, you know, it's, it's pretty sick. New Mario game. Well, you know what I mean? Newest Mario. Well, probably not even newest now. And she hadn't played one for ages. And um, yeah, she. I just came back about four hours later and she was just on it, just like running about. I'm like, is it good? And she was just like, yeah, it's sick. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> I'm like, it's it's so playful. It's um, you yeah. are constantly being propelled by your own curiosity to find little things to fool around and interact with and stuff. And uh, yeah. And, but the, yeah, as I say, the main thing, the main thing is that he's fun to just run around and roll around and jump on things. And you have like a sort of a solid understanding of his moveset and it feels natural. You know, it feels like you're trying to climb a little wall or jump over a thing. Uh, yeah, yeah. It doesn't feel scripted. Can you imagine if there was anything in like a, like, in the combat trailer, we see that Sonic's got this like sort of kick move, but he's also like twenty yards away from the enemy, and he like just sends, <laughs> yeah, and like, he zoops over style. style. I hate that. Yeah, yeah. Move. <laughs> it is so much. It looks like the kind it's of like attack why? you'd see in a turn-based RPG. Yeah, it's again kind of this. I guess now that we've been talking through this, and I'm thinking about it, right? Like, I would think that one of the um, like basic basic design principles that they would need to institute if they wanted to try and like correct or like reimagine Sonic's movement in 3D and do it effectively is to minimize as much as possible taking control away from the player, even when using gimmicks and um, trying to increase the speed and especially like with combat moves and stuff like that, which again, this kind of uh, whatever move, whatever we want to call it is doing, right? It's taking control away from the player. And Mm -hmm. I think that one of the biggest... uh, maybe what's the word I'm looking for, like misconceptions or errors that they made when transitioning Sonic into 3d was trying to focus primarily on speed. And I think maybe they did it because of, you know, like marketing differentiators from the Genesis and beyond and all that, or whatever reason they decided to do that. Like, I think it was a mistake in hindsight and they should have been trying to focus like what they did with 3d Mario and Miyamoto famously did was like, you know, making the basic moveset fun and engaging regardless of what or where this character is put into, right? Do that first yeah. and then build the levels around all those mechanics and move sets um, to like, ex- you know, engage and challenge the player. And they never really did that. I think they were like trying to primarily focus on like making Sonic as fast and cool looking as possible in 3d. And that comes with a whole lot of compromises with uh, player engagement and control and all that kind of stuff. And it's only been exacerbated since the adventure games. It seems like with Sonic Adventure 2 that those things were put there as a crutch, like the scripted loop-to-loops and the boost pads. It was like, we can't perfectly translate what we were doing in 2D to 3D, so we're going to have to make these concessions. But it's like they took those concessions and then built the whole thing around it rather than trying to find a way to not mm-hmm. need those things. Right. Yeah. Except there's no there's no need anymore. It, it's interesting, like you know bringing the these like both of these franchises into 3d it's like there's things where it's like hey this was something you used to do all the time in 2d but it becomes difficult to do in 3d right like uh jumping on top of an enemy in 3d mm-hmm. space is harder to do right and so like mario 64 solution was they gave you you know the 
punching. Uh, yeah. Sonic is so it's like okay, well we'll do, we'll let you hit them from the sides instead, right? Like where Sonic's solution was like we'll give you a homing attack so that you can laser in on them, and those are like two, like in both franchises, like two very distinct, uh, like philosophies where it's like. Oh, so this is too hard to do in a 3D space. So what do we do? Do we make it so that you have something else to do instead that's easier? Or do we automate it for you? And I feel like Sonic automates a lot. And that's why, like, even in this open world, they've, like, filled it with the dash panels. Because ultimately, Mm -hmm. the panels are not even about getting you over hills anymore. They're just about pointing you. Like, they, they, yeah. they use it as a mechanism to substitute for the fact that it's hard to turn when you're going fast. So if you throw in a bunch of uh, grind rails and boost pads, you can steer the player so that they yeah. don't have to do it. Uh, and Mario eventually got to the point where they did feel comfortable with figuring out how to make it so that you could just jump on the enemies, right? Because that's what 3D World is. Uh, you know, like, it's harder than in 2D, but, like, you know, they worked their way towards it, but they had to... You know the the flood pack and and the spin attack and galaxy and even in odyssey you know like the hat stuff like yeah, the hat they, spin. Give you, they give you other tools to engage in the combat because it is hard to just jump on guys in 3d mm-hmm. uh, and, and it's it, just a very different approach it did help that 3d lands and 3d world had the fixed camera like that mm-hmm. made it easier to yeah. judge what you're jumping on top of um but even then you still had your fire flower and your boomerang and all that but then it's like well with sonic you can roll into enemies already like the problem is they they're just doing all these aerial enemies all the time and it's like well why not have more ground-based enemies why not like i've I was talking about this the other day like went off on one a bit but i think a 3d sonic game like 3d platformers in general by necessity, they'll have to be more ground-based. So I was going off on one saying, oh, it should be like mini-golf. It should be like mini-golf course. And you see a ton of that in Mario 3D World. All these like nice little slopes and passages and like curvature everywhere. Yeah, and these games already exist as well. Like, you know, you could... I don't know, like Monkey Ball, for fuck's sake. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'm not saying let's make a Sonic Monkey Ball... I'm just saying that maybe that's how you play around with it. Yeah, know? a game based around rolling mechanics and physics it, it yeah. does exist, and the logical endpoint for that yeah. is that, something that like doesn't, Monkey Ball. Yeah, that's not necessarily go back the only and look way. Look at Sonic 3D Blast, for God's sake. Well, yeah, okay, there you go. But it doesn't even need to go. Yeah, it doesn't need to be a precise somehow one-to-one translation of old Sonic. It just, but it'd be nice to incorporate that because that is what mm-hmm. differentiates Sonic from other games. He's not just a platformer. Don't just make him a platformer. Don't just make him a fast game. You know. Also, also, if we do this type of thing, then suddenly your other characters become useful again. I mean, what yeah. is Cat Mario if not Knuckles? Well, there you go. I'm putting it mm-hmm. out there. Look, you can do the claw attack. That's just Knuckles punching. You can climb the walls. Knuckles. That's what Knuckles was doing. Yeah. It's the same thing, yeah. just... Mod, modders out there, modders, do the knuckles <laughs> in Mario 3D World hack. That's what we want. We, we want. Sam has pointed out that suit. Breath of the Wild is a knuckles game because all yeah. you're doing is gliding and climbing. Yeah. All all good games these days are knuckles. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's got a good move set, man, and like that. That there's the fun of it as well. We've only ever been playing as Sonic in these games, but like you don't really get to do anything 
differently enough that also wow. still feels like a unique enough character. You know, when Mario, yeah, he's throwing his hat around, but it still feels like you're playing a Mario game, but they give you an extra dimension on top of that to fool around with. Yeah. Um, Amy's got a hammer. All the fun things he could be doing be with fun. that. You could just do running, with that. running around like a little Sonic with a hammer. Yeah. And you're like, Doop. big can fish, you know. My, so my perspective on that is like, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's let yeah, them, know, they I should know, figure out enough. Sonic first and then they can try and figure out the other characters. That I think was also one of the problems with Sonic Adventure 1. I don't know about that anymore. Like I, I used to kind of firmly agree with that, but now I'm kind of like, well, maybe if they were just you know, like if they were trying to like build out the Sonic franchise in other directions with Knuckles and Shadow and Amy and Tails and these other characters who could popularity wise probably lead a game, you could maybe find other solutions and then maybe find a way for Yeah. Maybe maybe Sonic is just best for two D. And then Knuckles is best for three D. And maybe that's how I mean they would never do it that way, but maybe that's just the best solution is to just find what works for the characters and build the world around them, build the I, gameplay loop around the I, abilities. I think I disagree with the idea that any of those other characters can actually lead a game. Not in, I don't think that that's true in today's market. I mean, if you give know, one to Knuckle Shadow, like, come on, man. Yeah, look, Knuckles Paramount believes in Knuckles game. enough. They're doing a TV show, exactly, about but Knuckles. Mario, like, that was what we were saying. Mario in execution understands what they're doing and they know how to make like good games. I don't think Sonic or uh, <laughs> Sonic Team or Sega are capable of doing that with any of their well, other that is, They that can't is even do it with Sonic. Entirely. No, that's true. But man, yeah, all the Mario games are just all big hitters. In fact, I, you know, I know Breath of the Wild isn't everyone's cup of tea, but it's still unmistakably Zelda and it's still, it's still I think, quality fucking situation. It's a quality product. It's a quality experience, however you want to look at it. And you just don't really get that a lot now. Like Sega seem to be a company that don't have a lot of pride in what they make. Well, I mean, I y'all had that conversation this week. Uh, I didn't yeah. actually jump into it, but I kind of disagree with that too because everything that the Yakuza team has made is All right, fine. good Sonic at team. worst Sonic team, and excellent at best. And it's Sonic Team right. specifically, I think, that is like really struggling as far as that. All right, sorry, output. sorry. Yes, Yakuza is good and people enjoy Total War and things like that. But like with, with Nintendo though, man, like, you know, they treat Mario well because they still give a shit, but then all the other stuff, like, you know, you may not be into metroid that might not be your bag but i played the new metroid and i was like oh this is it, it's great it's snappy and cool looking and fun to play and it was just it's just it's just a quality situation again which you don't see a lot of uh <laughs> at all in our line of work do you mean like sega specifically <laughs> yeah yeah basically and just like in in sonic really like oh, yeah, sonic, but also yeah. I think it's just because like they've managed to keep their brand Nintendo. They've managed to keep their thing, you yes. know. Yeah, yeah. We haven't seen a new Star Fox for a while. Grant, I'm sorry, man. It's shit. I know, but like, yeah. Um, but you still get like you know, Smash Brothers was massive for ages still, and then when they come out, it's like new like Splatoon. They stick with it and they just work on it and put the effort in, and it becomes kind of up on that level. Like, I mean, yeah, I think it's like a fundamental difference in philosophy, like uh, we were talking about a little bit earlier about, I guess. You know, Nintendo's brands and their brand control are around the games as the products. Yeah. Whereas Sonic, I think for a very long time, or maybe like even since the Genesis era, has been the brand and its brand control has been more about, um, I don't know how to put this, marketing Sonic as a product beyond the games. And the games are more a method to market mm. that in service of the product. 
Um, yeah, fair enough. And that's working now, finally. It's yeah, I was just like walking like... in the mall yesterday and like I was starting to take pictures of like everywhere I saw Sonic just because he mm. like appears like in plushies and shirts and other kinds of merch like all over the place. And I mean, it's cute and I like that. And I mean, like this is kind of true of Mario and basically all video game brands now, but I think maybe it's indicative of like where the Sonic brand kind of always was or was trying to be. Yeah. It is many different things, and it always was in the nineties. You know, we had the people still argue about it now. When we got like, you know, and even if they weren't there the first time round, they they might have strong opinions about like Satam or something, and they yeah. either like it or dislike it. And but there was loads of different angles of attack, I suppose. And and now with having the movie and everything, and yeah, kids still love Sonic, but they love the character. Yeah, with Mario, he's a cute enough character, but I don't generally see kids running about in Mario t-shirts. They're wearing Sonic t-shirts, but. You do see kids playing their, their Game Boys, you know. Like, yeah, Mario's a cool brand. Boys, I don't know if Mario's a cool character. <laughs> I don't. I, like I don't even see Mario's. Character. Character. He's still, I, mean, I know he's still you pretty, do. He's still pretty. Well, he's yeah, charming. But he's still pretty unique. I mean, yeah, there's he's not charming. Like, Mario's Sonic's not a like character. Unique. He's like opinion. a. He's like a sassy, you know, talking animal. Whereas, how many like plumbers or blue collar workmen that are yeah. you know, saving the day for the princess? Do you see? Like, it's not. Uh, I mean, it's, he's like he's a plumber in name only at this point. Like, there's really nothing other than like some set dressing that really applies to that. Like, when have we ever seen him work a plumbing job? <laughs> well, there you go. When we don't see Sonic roll into a fucking ball anymore, like yeah. it's all just it's all just names <laughs> now. Yeah, that's the thing. That's, I mean, this is kind of a bummer thought, but it's like, I I don't see it changing I, as long as Azuka's in charge, and I don't see Azuka going anywhere. Like it just seems like the Sonic franchise is going to continue to be very reactive to whatever the trends are, and always, always a couple of steps behind as a result. Yeah. Always just sort of chasing things. Whereas Mario feels comfortable in his own skin. It seems like it's it's there's maybe not a lot of other games that are like Mario Odyssey, and it's better for that. Like yeah. it's very unique. Uh, they have more, like you said, Nathan. They just there's more confidence that's like you can feel, and with Sonic, it just that you. So I try, as I talk myself into frontiers, I try to mm. uncross my arms from my chest a little bit and be like, okay, it's not the Sonic guy. It's not the Sonic game that I would have designed myself, but I'm not designing a Sonic game. So who's asking me? So maybe I should try to be more open to what these developers are working on and how they're going to, you know, make their own unique version of it. Yeah, that's a fair point. And I try to be open-minded when I'm approaching games and stuff like that. But I mean, I, if it still doesn't look like my cup of tea, it's not my cup of tea. So I'll give one thing to Frontiers. The, like, Nights into Dreams Paraloop thing they've got going on with Sonic. That's good. I think that's a good idea. It's that's like, a good oh, idea for sure. Yeah, yeah, because it fits Sonic. It's like, okay, they haven't quite done it visually, but it's like, oh yeah, Sonic is fast, is creating a cyclone, and you're actually in control of that. Like, when I first heard about this in the leaks, I was worried it would just be like, oh, you press the button, that makes you run in a circle. But no, it literally is just like the Knight's Paraloop. You run around, you encircle an enemy, and that is a rare instance of um, putting thought into... How do you attack the enemies in a 3D space in a Sonic mm -hmm. game? And I really like that way, idea, but that I think it looks freedom. awkward. It yeah, looks I don't awkward, think it looks yeah. good in what but we've the, seen so far. The idea is good. And yes. it's it, like that like that's the only bit of thinking I can see in Frontiers, which is like 
Oh yeah, they're actually they're putting some thought into it. They're putting some thought mm-hmm. into it. They're doing something new, and y- you know, you, you, I'm sort of half expecting Mario Odyssey two. That's going to do something similar but better. You know, I'm not actually expecting it, but I wouldn't be surprised. You know, because it feels like yeah, yeah if a competent team had this idea, it would be great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No, that line there is like a perfect summation of 3D Sonic, isn't it? <laughs> I've got a thought, yes. Um, we, we're often talking about Sonic the Hedgehog's checkered past. Um, but man, that's not, you know, I mean, we can all agree that like Mario 3D games, it's, it's a good, you're having a good time with it. Um, but man, he's, he was up to some wacky shit back in the 90s, let's be honest as well. He like, you know, for every Sonic Labyrinth, you've got a fucking Mario is missing or something, yeah? So like, how do you feel about you longer suffering Mario players? Like, where was your engagement with that side of things? Because I did occasionally play that stuff, and it's pretty baffling. I but it didn't Mario's seem to tarnish the brand. The Macintosh, which I oh think shit, is quite really? a bit of a different game from the Super Nintendo. Multi-plat. Yeah, I like that game. Yeah. Okay. Was, yeah, it wasn't really a Mario game at all, but more like a kind of uh, adventure type game where you're like learning yeah. about geography and <laughs> history or something. I mean, I'm just saying there's other stuff too. Like you've got, I don't know, man, people get on Sonic's balls about like making a kart race or something, but obviously Mario Kart is fucking huge. And then you've got your Smash Brothers and you've got your Mario Tennis and Mario Football and Mario fucking everything, Mario Party, you know, like, but it doesn't seem to, it, is it just an issue of quality or is it just that? Oh, it's absolutely. It's, yeah, yeah, it's the quality. <laughs> it's, you know, it's oh, like, right, okay, I, right. Mario does yeah, a golf right. game. It's a good golf game. <laughs> Mystery yeah, solved. He did, a Sonic, golf. He did yeah, golf as well. Yeah. If they were, yeah, if they were making Sonic spinoff games that were like actually good, then I don't think people would care about brand dilution or whatever. The fact, the, <laughs> the fact that we're getting brand dilution is because the games are not good. We loved, yeah, fair we loved Racing Transformed. Yes, that one was great. Okay, that is a good game. game. And yeah, that's, that's the fun. thing. Like, see, why can't we get like another one of those? Um, mm. I guess we got like Sonic Team Racing, which wasn't as well liked now, but like, it's just. Right, with the kind of corporate direction we seem to be getting from Sega is, you know, if something yeah. is successful or whatever, they don't, for they whatever reason, <laughs> like want to like follow it up correctly or yeah, like yeah. want to like change direction. Afraid of success, chase some other new trend and something. Yeah. Well, that's it. And I love Transform, but I played the newer one and I, I did. I got off it about ten minutes later. It just annoyed the fuck out of me. Like just yeah. all the standing around talking, all the characters like popping in and standing there and then talking. It was just, it looked cheap. It, it, yeah. yeah, I didn't engage with it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's it. Yeah, with the Mario spinoff titles, it's like you see the name Mario and you know, it's like, okay, this means this is a good Nintendo game. It's yeah. like a seal of quality, a brand yeah. assurance. And then with Sonic, it's just like a completely mixed bag. You just, you you don't know. They don't have that, that strong reputation. And uh, I don't know that they'll be rebuilding it. I feel like this is maybe being a little too charitable to Mario. <laughs> Like, there are a lot of bad Mario games, like recent (laughs) bad Mario games. It's just that the normal Mario games are all good and everybody knows the distinction, you know? Like, when they put out that, like, god-awful Mario Tennis game for the Wii U and everybody was savaging it, nobody was like, oh, but, like, Mario was ruined because it's not a real Mario game. It's just tennis. Like, you could be there are people who could be like, Mario Tennis is ruined. 
and I've seen <laughs> stuff like that. It's own thing, right? So like when it's like Mario hoops three by three or whatever, like it's like it doesn't mm. really matter if it's good or not. <laughs> but but uh, yeah. but with Sonic, it's like that kind of like inconsistency is present to a greater degree in the most important Sonic games. Whereas yeah. like you can right. count on it, like they will not put out a bad 3D Mario game. Like they just won't do it. Mm. They would burn it before they released it. Yeah. Imagine the world where like the structure of Sega more closely emulated the structure of Nintendo where creators like Yasuhara, Oshima, Naka were incentivized to stay around and continue building the brand and continue to like have that, like, you know, they've got, Miyamoto and um, Koji Kondo and uh, Tezuka, uh, you know, these 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 guys that have been around since the very beginning that like continue to oversee the brand that Sega just doesn't have that same consistency. Azuka has been there since Sonic 3. That's like your that's kind of your longest link. Well, OK, Hoshino has been there since Sonic CD, so I think he's the most senior one right now. They've got a core team of people who have been there a long time, but it's like, I was thinking about this earlier when we were talking about um, Yakuza, like, like the Yakuza games are so good, but they're, they're, they're iterative and they have a dedicated team that only really makes those games or games in that style. Uh, as a, so it, make, it, it makes sense that they have a way of evolving where it's like Sonic. And like, at this point they're like, sh- they just like, ad hoc the developers for these games you know once every five years is just like pull the people who are working on like totally unrelated stuff like it doesn't have even the environment to have that kind of like iterative design yeah i don't know what's going on to song team but i do also think right i don't know you know uh gotoko uh studios the guy the company or the dev studio that makes the yakuza games they might have multiple teams within it too, because they are also the same team that has produced like the recent super monkey ball games mm-hmm. and uh, the Virtua fighter five remake, which was also, you know, like a very faithful update of that game in a completely new engine. So like that team apparently knows what they're doing and is able to like output quality titles and like all sorts of genres, even outside of the mainline Yakuza games that they're making. And yeah, uh, absolutely. Sonic Team, I feel like the best things that they've done in the last like decade or something are like the Puyo Puyo Tetris games. They're good. <laughs> I do like those games, yeah. <laughs> do we think we'll ever see the Yakuza Team do a Sonic game? Um, I Didn't wonder one if... Didn't like, jokingly say that they were interested in that at some point? I feel like I remember that being passed around. I don't think yeah. it would ever happen. Though. I don't think it would ever happen. I think Sonic Team would have to be dissolved before that would actually happen. I think, I, you know what? I'm going to change my opinion. I think it will happen if things for Sega ever get so bad that they have to like reduce even further from two developments to just one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And functionally, it will be the same people making everything. Yes. But I don't like, I think even if they were to dissolve Sonic Team, like as a design, like a development studio entity, like they would keep the brand name around just to like stamp on. I mean, they've already done that. Yeah, they have already done that. Uh, There was a funny comment I saw on our Discord. I think it was Michael that said it, that like uh, his fear is that the Sonic franchise, you know, under its current leadership and all that might finally turn around and start getting good again by the time we're all at the end of our own lives. Uh, Which (laughs) is a really dark statement that I think I might also agree to with to some degree. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, boy. Okay. Um, shall we move on? We feel good about Let's. our Mario chat. 
We do. I feel sure. good about Mario. Yeah. Uh, let's. Yeah. Can we? Can we feel better about Sonic though? Is there a way we can stop talking about Frontiers? <laughs> <laughs> well, there is another Sonic product coming out soon that I Yay. think at least we know <laughs> through familiarity is actually good, right? Um, Sonic Origins. What are they going to fuck up with Sonic Origins? Well, we'll see how Something. the coins work, but we <laughs> we know for sure that it won't be the ultimate definitive edition of the games because it was confirmed on the Sonic stream via uh, Katie, the one of the social media managers on the Sonic brand, that it is in fact going to be the prototype music uh, with a, a FM polish, as said by St- uh, Stealth, uh, one of the developers of Sonic 3 and Knuckles and the other games, uh, that it's good that uh, June Sonoe will be giving them a polish uh, of these prototype tracks. But it opens the question of how did we get to this point? And our producer, editor, Bo, has put together a couple of questions that I'm going to pose to uh, you guys uh, on what we think exactly happened behind the scenes. So I'm going to give you some questions that have multiple choice answers. We'll go around and quickly just give the multiple choice answers. And then at the end, you can present your full theory of what you think is the story behind the controversial Sonic 3 music. Uh, and just for clarity's sake, Grant, for our dear listeners, uh, even though this is formatted as like a multiple choice questions and answers, right? We don't actually know if there is like a true, you know, definitive answer to any of these questions. Is that correct? This is all kind we of have no idea. This is totally speculation, but there's only so many um, possible answers here. Right. So uh, we're going to we're but we're this is our we're putting on our conspiracy theorist hats and starting to try to figure out. Uh, who killed JFK and why is <laughs> the Sonic 3 music not in Sonic Origins? Okay, so from Bo, question one. Why did the Sonic and Knuckles collection on PC in 1997 use the prototype music? Was it A, the MJ music wasn't available yet? B, the MJ music wouldn't have worked technically? Or C, Sega was wary of legal issues as far back as 1997? I have a strong vote for B. Strong vote for B that it wouldn't have worked technically. You mean like, so it wasn't like sequenced for uh, whatever, MIDI hardware or something like that? Yeah, almost all of the songs that we now know are the forbidden songs uh, use samples, which just would not have translated to general MIDI or um, FM synthesis. And then also um, our, our fellow uh, GHZer um, has suggested that the way that the um, forbidden songs were even encoded was... Uh, different uh like the way they were programmed in the cartridge was done differently in a way that would have made it um arduous to convert mm. them it couldn't have been an automated process so yeah. i think they just did it because they were lazy they re-released those songs so many times in so many yeah. other versions of the game i don't think they knew yet that it was going to be a problem yeah man and they weren't developed concurrently at all like i've just seen this this came out in 1997 the collection mm-hmm. the pc collection so the game's been out for a while by this point they weren't just sitting on it for four years i imagine so yeah it must be a technical thing right because like you say like the it would just seem really weird if they're like oh yeah but if you release it as as, as an emulated thing but it's not a re-release it's it's just but it kind of is but it's kind of not and it's not been remastered anywhere i don't think there's even that much paperwork it's probably no fucking paperwork it's probably they probably just shook hands on it and they were like yeah yeah well the check will be in the mail brad don't worry about it and then they're just you know and then they just just didn't do it i don't know 
two votes for B. What do you think, Nathan? What do you think, Lee? Yeah, Sam, you convinced me. I'm going to go with B. Yep, B. <laughs> <laughs> yep, we all agree. I, I, I also think that it was a technical issue. Okay, but then why did Sonic Jam use the original music in 1997? A, there was no reason to worry about legal issues yet. B, there was reason to worry about legal issues, but Sega just YOLO'd it. Or C, <laughs> they had rights for Sega platforms. Ah, that's interesting. Uh, I think it's A, because those songs have appeared subsequently on many non-Sega platforms. Yeah, I think that's right. Like, I think it was A, but uh, I think maybe the answer is worded a little interestingly, where it says, like, there was no reason to worry about legal issues yet. Like, potentially, they, they might have been aware that there yeah. could have been legal issues, but it was fine at that point in time. Like, I think they were just, like, not aware of it at all at that point. And, yeah. you know, they were just, like, emulated or however those games were converted for the Saturn hardware. They just, like, converted the originals, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to agree with Nathan there. I think it was just like, yeah, they should have been worried, but they weren't. They were yep. just completely oblivious that ooh, maybe there'll be some contractual issues. I agree. I think uh, I think there there was reason to worry about the legal issues, but Sega just did, was oblivious or didn't care. And I I agree with Josh too. I think there was like a just a good relationship with uh, Michael Jackson as a person, and so then probably as a result, his team so that there wasn't any, I just think there was no real conversation about this for a long time. Yeah. Um, all right. Next question. Why didn't Sonic three come out on the mega drive mini? Was it a, they had the rights, but they didn't put it out because of all the other legal drama surrounding the game. B they had the rights, but didn't put it out for some other reason or C they didn't have the rights. All my Elden ring players know what's up. Oh, you don't have the right. You don't have the right. <laughs> don't have the right. Gonna give a shout out right. to my, oh, my absolute favorite. Right. Oh, you don't have the right. No, you don't have the right. Just gonna give a shout out to that because I love it. I no, I think I just think they didn't know. Wait, wait, when did it come out? Actually, let me ask. I need to get Mega Drive Mini fact. was like a couple years ago. It's a recent two, thing, yeah. Three years ago, yeah. I recent. think I think it's a rights thing, man, because yeah. uh, it's only in the last few years that I don't think Brad, even, Brad, Brad, like he's my best mate, Brad Buxer even knew about this stuff, right? Everyone was just started harassing him, like, did you make Ice Cap Zone? And he's like, shit, yeah, I did. Man, I know those motherfuckers never pay me, you know that? And then he's just like, you know, now he's calling his lawyer and it's a whole thing. So I think, I think that's a reason. There's got to be a reason because we just haven't seen it for ages. And every time you ask anyone who might know about it, they go, um, my lips are sealed. Uh, you'll we'll find out in due course, you know, and even people like fucking stealth are like, yeah, duh, I can't talk about it. Sorry. It's been a pleasure to work on origins. You know, no one's, no one's talking about it. It's different. The last time Sonic three knuckles was released as far as I'm aware, like for sale, right. was on steam. And that was in 2011, I believe, which yeah. is like 10 or 11 years ago at this point now. So I think like in that gap time, like since that was released, like Sega and Brad Boxer and whoever else was involved, like became aware of this messiness. And I think that was why like it has not been released since then. So I guess my answer is C. I think so too. Cause the, the, the weirdest thing uh, to me is that they have had this moratorium, right? The game has not been re-released in any form uh, since 2011, but Sonic and Knuckles was included on one of those like, garbage competitor genesis mini products i don't remember which one like i don't like the ad ad games things or whatever yeah it's like one of those things it has sonic one sonic two and sonic and knuckles in it so like just three is missing uh and i feel like that like really signals like you would just not make that choice yeah like if you were gonna only include 
one, you would include three before you would include Knuckles, right? So it's like the fact that they were like, yeah, we'll put everything on there that we can get, you know, it, it just shows you which one is the one that is causing the problem. Oh, yeah, no. So I'm going to say I'll agree with all of that. Um, but I'll just say it's maybe like, you know, being an armchair detective, you can sort of pinpoint it because the Sonic 3 and Knuckles Steam release was January 2011, so the internet says. But then by November 2011, you've got Sonic Generations, and there is no sign of any of the like difficult mm. music tracks in there at all. Mm. Um, you know, like you, you know, be like fucking between the HD version and the 3DS version, they didn't choose Ice Cap Zone as one of the iconic ones. You know, they were taking fan yeah. polls of, oh, what level should be in. Everyone's gonna say fucking Ice Cap Zone, but it didn't. Are. It didn't make it in. Um, even like the levels themselves in Sonic Generations, it's like Sonic One, Sonic Two, Sonic and Knuckles. Like you look at the yeah, end credits, it's, awkward, it's like one, two, Sonic and Knuckles. Yeah, so, it's really awkward. Yeah, I think that's when the shit hit the fan. Somewhere between January and November of 2011. Mm. Okay, two more questions. This one is the last multiple choice question. Then your next question, you can spill out your whole theory. Okay, so this question is, to what extent do you think Michael Jackson was personally involved? A, close to nothing. He listened to one or two tracks maybe and said, this sounds bad, keep my name off it. B, moderate, enough so that if the MJ allegations somehow came later or Sonic 3 came out earlier, Sega would have included his name. Or C, heavy, though he delegated, he was involved in every track in some way. Oh, um, can I go first? All right, can I answer your question in the form of another question? Don't you think that if Michael Jackson had thought it sounded bad, that that he would have been really happy about that? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I think, genuinely, though, that um, he, just didn't, he just didn't give a fuck. He was just like, you're doing what with this? Nah, I don't care about that shit. Like... Brad, make me some tunes. And then he went and did it. And he came, walked in once and was just like, nah, I don't give a fuck about that. And then just carried on living his life. Like, I don't, I think he was, he was tangentially related to the whole fucking process. He was just sort of, he got, his team was doing it, you yeah. know. That's my uh, understanding he, of it. As well. yeah. yeah. And at that point in time in his life, he would have been, you know, suddenly really busy with uh, other concerns. Yeah, he had, his, he had his hands full, didn't he, at that point. So like, yeah. Mm. Boxer, I don't by any other way. Yeah, I was going to be like... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like Brad Boxer has been like surprisingly open about this stuff uh, in interviews that we've seen in, in a to an extent that really like testifies how unimportant the, the Sonic 3 thing was in the grand scheme of either of these people's lives. Yeah. It's like, it sounds like MJ was like, sure, I'll do the music. And then he just told his team to do it. And then he like completely checked out. He was like barely paying any attention to it as a project. And then he probably left, you know, uh, you know, maybe he was unhappy with the sound or whatever, but it was probably not difficult for him to pull out of the project because uh, he, he kind of was barely in it, you know, like, mm -hmm. and Boxer has been pretty clear about the fact that like he assembled the team and he wrote most of the cues himself. Uh, and he still refers to them as the Sonic cues, like in a way that suggests like he understands that they used some of them. Like he doesn't say like, you know, MJ was not interested. So we 
all quit. You know, it's just like, mm. it's like he was not interested. So we all did it, you know, like him that, and Jones and everybody. That interview came out recently though. And he said that it made 40 odd cues. And does that mean 40 odd stages? Like, cause that's a lot. Or is it when he says cues, is it just like, you know, each fucking so that's like a soundtrack. jingles and things. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a soundtrack term. And like, I assume like that they just gave Sega, you know, uh, a library of, of, of like that yeah. number of songs and they just picked which ones they wanted and what levels they would go in. Yeah. Like I, I would not be surprised if they just wrote the music without even considering what levels they would get put in or whatever, just to give them some songs. Because I think even the internal songs they used, a lot of them were written that way. So that seems to indicate that maybe there's unheard, like in a vault somewhere, Sonic three music that they created that has never been released. Yeah like tons of it. And I honestly would not be surprised. Like we know they had an original soundtrack in place before. I would not be surprised if they just picked and choose. They were like, and hey, we like these ones better. So we'll put them in. Uh, we like ours better for these other levels. So we'll keep them. Mm. Yeah. Like, and I think yeah. that's probably true of a lot of games at that point in time uh, as well. Like, I think that they were, you know, just like making a bunch of music to go to be assigned to various levels or whatever. And they didn't use everything all the time. Like, I mean, we saw that with some of the sound tests, in previous Sonic games, um, so I don't think that's uncommon. Those probably, yeah, don't exist anywhere on cartridges. Otherwise, it would have been discovered already at this point, right? But um... and in the case of Sonic Three in particular, we also know that like uh, at least one of the songs that's in that game that was made within Sega was made earlier for an unrelated game. Mm-hmm. So, like, I am under the impression a lot of the music that they did use internally was just drawn from like an internal library of internally composed songs that you could just pick from if you thought they were a good fit for your game. Yeah. And we've even seen stuff like that happen with like uh windy Valley, right. in Sonic adventure one being a yeah. song that came from Sonic 3d blast on the Sega Genesis, I guess like both potentially composed by Jim. And you but... Sega Sonic yeah. Brothers one as well. Yeah. Yeah. That was the bonus stage music. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, in that, in that recent interview, Brad Buxer said that MJ only worked on one of the cues um, but then Naoto Oshima has said a couple of times that he got a cassette tape of Michael Jackson beatboxing all these like different tunes. So, man, I, think that, I would I think love to that, hear that. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I think I think that was probably the biggest thing. Like MJ's biggest involvement in it was just playing the cassette. And no like, <laughs> and then his team turned it into Sega Genesis music. <laughs> Do you think that's what turned into the sub boss theme and Knuckles theme? Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all the ones that are in the game, those are the ones that sound most likely to have that origin story. But I guess with so many songs they didn't use, we don't know if the ones he was most involved in are even ones that made it into the game. All right, last question. This is open ended. If the music, and this question comes from Sam, so if the music became legally problematic sometime after 2011, then why was Sega able to keep selling previous re-releases on Steam and elsewhere with the old music intact? Oh, I'm going to say because if they pulled it at that time, then it would be like, oh, if you're so innocent, why are you pulling it? Why are you pulling it from release if you're so innocent, Sega? Doesn't that seem like Origins changing the music is also an admission of guilt? Yeah, I think it's been resolved. Because I swear, Brad Buxer went from just Brad Buxer went from just like uh, Sonic music. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, man. Sorry, I was ages ago. To just like, yeah, I did Sonic music. I did this many, and you know, this is what happened with it, and so on. It seems like 
it's funny that he's coming out with this interview and chatting about it now. And then also Sonic Origins is coming out with different music. It just feels like there has been some conversation and that it's like out there now in the ether and it's going to be sort of picked up a bit. They must have. They must have. They wouldn't do They ain't got the money to back it up, mate. <laughs> they, they can't afford to get sued now. I don't know if it was like a situation where there was like an actual like active negotiation or resolution or whether it's just resolved in their minds. But like, it seems to me like there was a period of time in which the, uh, you know, custody of ownership or like royalties owed on those songs was uh, uncertain. And their initial approach to dealing with that was to uh, take the position that they owned it, but not expose themselves to any more liability than they already had by not re-releasing the games any further than they already were. And something has happened where now they have given up. They have pulled those versions from the market. They're replacing them with this product instead. But like whether they actually did a settlement or whether it's just like they avoided the topic for a long time and now they are deciding to just give up like <laughs> the idea of trying to fight it. Because it's kind of like, hey, maybe they were willing to avoid it so they could just keep selling those versions that were already out there and just not talk about it and kind of hope it would go away. But like here they are now. They're doing a fresh port. It's not emulated so they can change the music, which is hard to do on a ROM, right? Uh, and they can replace this product in all of the existing marketplaces. So now they're ready to be like, we're never yeah. going to figure this out. Just take the old versions down. We won't be in any further danger releasing this version now. I think uh, that's something to do with it being delisted as well then. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Like, I mean, a part of the reason why I think this product exists is because it allows them to replace the other one with a version that is not dubious. But I guess the big thing is like, I think in our heads, we all imagine like, did somebody sue somebody else or something like that? I feel like the musicians and the composers became aware that the game was still being repackaged and resold because fans kept badgering them to ask about Michael Jackson. But like, <laughs> that actually ever led to, to like a lawsuit or whether it's just like, you know, like, like some conversations that haven't gone anywhere yeah failed to determine the ownership of the songs like if the rights behind them are complicated because the composers were working for michael jackson but they can't produce like you know the estate doesn't want to get involved or they don't care and like can sega produce a work for a higher contract or can't they like it might just be a thing where it's like they never figured it out and now they've given up i love the part of your theory that is like the the fans by badgering the composers about this were the ones that sort of got the ball rolling on potential legal action. Yes, and I firmly then, believe if that had not happened, no one would ever have found out about any of this. <laughs> it's just like, this is clearly like not important to those composers or on their radar. Like, I mean, and of course it's not like Brad Buxer, like he wrote songs with Michael Jackson. Like this was just this thing yeah. that like dicked around with for a couple of months or whatever. Like, uh, I, was I, just, one. I was like, I can't imagine now he's coming back in just like, where's my fucking Sonic check? Like he doesn't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> he can't possibly care that much, but like, but if he did care, it wouldn't be worth it to chance. Somebody, it, right? you can't pay people to use the music if you can't determine who owns it. Yeah, and yeah, and maybe it's just that's it. They don't know who. They just put all the names on there, but they're like, was this fucking Doug Grigsby three or whatever that did this one? Uh, we don't know. It could be, it could be anybody. So they just put them all on there and called it a day, and then <laughs> hoped it would never come up again. And didn't yeah. credit any of their internal composers, right? That's like, yeah. 
if I'm remembering correctly, like the sound, the credits for the music in that game are only the Jackson collaborators and not anyone else. Is that true? Yeah, and I think I on know. all the soundtrack releases, those songs are just Sega Sound Team. Are they going to remove Brad Buxer's name from the credits in Sonic Origins? Oh, oh that's a good question. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, they would. If they didn't use the music, like, sure they will, right? Yeah, Sirocco Jones, all the others. You're not going to get rid of fucking Milpo, though, are they? I don't know, Milpo. Yeah, he's, he's a Sega boy. Um, <laughs> Keep what, my fucking boy Milpo about, in the credits. Uh, our editor, Bo, he was in there. Uh, Bo's in there? Yeah, was yeah. It, was he working for Sega oh, yeah. Time or Michael Jackson? <laughs> we should really ask him. Sonic 3 credits Tokihiko Owabo as being a member of the Sega Sound Team. Notably, he also worked on the 1990 Genesis game Michael Jackson's Moonwalker. Uh, well, I think you guys have kind of hit the nail on the head in terms of what my overall theory with, with it, which is just that Sega is erratic and incompetent and never <laughs> got yes. the like fine details ironed out at any point and were just sort of relying on uh, a positive relationship with Michael Jackson. And then like, then we're then relying on the ignorance of, um, of the composers until it became, and it might've been nothing. It might, it, it might've been very, it might've just been like a couple of lawyers emailing six times between each other. And then Sega just like protecting themselves from any further liability by not releasing the game anymore. Like it, it doesn't, it's not necessarily that it was like threatened as a lawsuit or anything. It might've just been, might have just been a couple emails. We'll find out. Get Brad Buxer on the show. <laughs> what are you laughing about? Do you think he'd do it? I'm asking seriously. <laughs> he might. All right. Any more Sonic 3 music uh, hot takes? It's a shame. I'll say that. It's a shame that uh, they couldn't work it out. Uh, the ice cap prototype music sucks. Uh, the launch base prototype music sucks. Uh, it's nowhere near as good as the the Buxer um, original release versions, and it's it's sad. Um, it's going to be weird. It is going to be weird. It's less weird because I played the PC one, but it's yeah. still going to be weird. I've got a cop to the fact that my prediction was wrong when we talked about Sonic Origins in oh, our yeah. Sonic Origins episode. Pay up, Grant. I was wrong, <laughs> and I will be the first to admit it. I thought Sega could maybe pull a rabbit out of their hat. They definitely did not. They took the cowardly way out and will just not pay this man. I mean, we don't know that. We don't know that. Maybe they had no other option. Maybe maybe even if they had all the money in the world, it's just there's no clarity on who it should go to. You know, I will say I've played Sonic 3 and Knuckles so many times, and like part of the appeal of Origins is, oh, it's like a new remixed version with widescreen and mission mode and all this stuff yeah. going on. And so and, to and me, and it's like... Unseen content as well. Yeah, yeah, so that... Game. Yeah, yeah, so that's that's how I'm thinking of it. It's like, oh, this is a remix of Sonic Three with these like uncovered prototype tracks from 1993. It's like, oh, what if you had the PC soundtrack but in a Mega Drive style? So I'm I'm taking a positive view. And also less less of a clusterfuck than fucking Ms. Pac-Man, Namco. What the <laughs> fuck? All Namco. No, Namco, <laughs> all of your fucking Pac-Man collections, no Miss Pac-Man. Just buy the character. Just whoever's sitting, <laughs> just buy it. Just give them a few million yeah. dollars. Just buy no. Miss Pac-Man. Just buy <laughs> Miss Pac-Man so I can buy Miss Pac-Man. <laughs> I want to play Miss Pac-Man on my Switch, but I can't. I mean, we all know the origin story behind it, right? I understand why Namco would refuse to negotiate with those people. Yeah. 
It's pretty interesting if you want to get a quick overview of it, I guess. I mean, it was, uh, as I understand it, just like kind of a hacked version of Pac-Man that people were selling like without any uh, rights to the character or likeness or franchise or anything. Um, um, and then, yeah. So... Yeah, so I think it was it wasn't quite that. I think it was um I don't know whether it was like Midway or Bali or whoever had the US distribution rights to Pac-Man. It was they, Midway. Midway, yeah. So they made Ms. Pac-Man. They like got a t- found a team who did a good Pac-Man clone and they're like, "Oh, hey, come do a Ms. Pac-Man for us." And then Namco were like, what the fuck? We gave you the distribution rights. We didn't give you the rights to make new Pac-Man games and new Pac-Man characters. Anyway, there was like some agreement for a while, but then I think Midway sold their shit to some jabronis, and now Namco's like, well, we're not. We've got Pac-Mom now. Pac-Mom. <laughs> but I mean, like, I also understand, like, right, the original creators of the franchise, like, why they would want to not acknowledge an unauthorized character and sequel. Miss um, Pac-Man is the Sally Acorn of Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, going back to the Sonic Origins music, you know, like it's a shame, but I think I've mentioned before, you know, I'm more fam- actually more familiar in some ways with the Sonic and Knuckles collection PC music. So I'm actually kind of looking forward to seeing how they sound in this version. And I hope that uh June and the rest of the team did a good job updating them. Yeah, I'm curious about that. I also kind of glad that they're not taking the approach that that Lego thing did, where they just like make music that is as close as possible. Oh, to the original nice. song, oh yeah, really yeah, <laughs> that's so gross. It's like Futurama's birthday song, isn't it? It's just... <laughs> <laughs> it's so off-putting. It's really off-putting. Yeah. Well, we'll find out June twenty-third wherever games are sold. Right. That uh, about wraps up our episode. Want to uh, thank Sam for joining us. And Sam, uh, are there where can people find your work and, and follow you on the Internet? Uh, I am salmonfuzzy.com for my website or salmonfuzzy on Instagram and Twitter and all that kind of stuff. All right. Well, thanks for hanging out with us. And thanks for listening, dear listener. This has been another episode of the GHC podcast. Yeah, we're back, baby. We're next week. We're back. Yeah. And now we're back to, because it says on the banner, it's uh, every Saturday, new episodes. And I was going to make another one and like have it like crossed out and put almost every Saturday. But I couldn't be bothered because I was on holiday, mate. So, you know, there you go. I was going to do a bit. Sorry, team. It was nice, though. Caught the sun a little bit. It was pleasant. You made me chilly. Finally went outside. Yeah, I know. I, I touched grass. It was good. It was nice chilly, wasn't it? Thank you. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Forgot to include it earlier. <laughs> Perfect.